Good evening, everyone. It is Wednesday, the 12th of January, 2022. This is Voice of the Cantor Series 2, Cantors Who Have Made Their Mark, and this is the eighth programme in that series. I'm Russell Grossman, one of the executive at the European Cantors Association. Thanks very much for joining us this evening or wherever you are in the world uh, today. Let me just explain a little bit about the European Cantors before we go on to introduce Alex. Some of you may not have come across the European Cantors Association previously. The European Cantors Association was established in 2012. We exist to uplift and keep alive the depth, the breadth and richness of Chazanut in all its forms, both traditional cantorial music and respecting and honouring the richnesses of our tradition, as well as modern approaches to the cantorate, looking at what's happening into the future. ECA therefore seeks to strengthen, uplift and highlight the importance and centrality of the cantorial tradition in all its richness and diversity for people to appreciate and to have access to. We're an independent organisation, we are affiliated to no specific branch of Judaism and we reach across the spectrum of Jewish worship to ensure the unique music of our prayers continues to enhance synagogue services for generations to come. We arrange cantus conventions along orthodox lines in the UK and European cities. Our academic wing presents international conferences in partnership with universities around the world and we present Zoom talks like this, the voice of the cantor, tackling some of the burning issues in the cantorial world today blessed by participation of world-renowned cantors and musicians. The interviewer this evening is Alex Klein. Alex will be known to many of you, but to those for whom he is not familiar, I'll introduce him. He's always been passionate about the music of the synagogue. He was born in London. He studied at Jews College, attending Reverend Brill's cantorial classes. He settled in Manchester, where he brought significant Jewish artists and cantors to the UK for concert tours. He's been a leading figure in synagogue music in the UK, lecturing widely and heading the Jewish Music Institute's synagogue music section. He's now the director of the European Cantors Association. I give you Alex Klein. Thank you, Russell, and welcome, everybody. And I'm really looking forward to um, this evening because I have a very dear friend of mine who we grew up together in Finchley, Rabbi Lionel Rosenfeld, who's not only a rabbi, but he's also a cantor and he learned his craft as a child from the same teacher that I had, which happened to be his father, who was Rabbi Avram Yitzhak Yaakov Rosenfeld of Finchley Synagogue. Um, Lionel, welcome. And could you tell us about your childhood growing up in an esteemed family of musicians? Uh, what was it like for you as a as a young man, a young boy growing up. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Russell. Um, it's great to be with you. And thank you for inviting me on this uh, series. It was, of course, all music. My mother was a professional cellist. My father, of course, sang. And he actually, he, he learned opera when he came to London, but he couldn't continue because it was Friday night Shabbos, but he did study. And I, I just grew up hearing music. I, I, if I'd been tone deaf, I think they would have drowned me. Uh, the fact is, I, I loved hearing both my mother play and my father sing. And they actually, you might remember when there were weddings in Finchley, my mother played what we used to call the organ. Remember that instrument? Yeah. Uh, up in the choir gallery. And my father would, uh, and she would accompany my dad. I had it from the very beginning. I was so fortunate. So getting around the table, your, your sister Susan, who I remember dearly, also sang. And I think you sang as a family choir together. Um, 
which was very, very special. So we recorded on, on a big tape, the music of Shachrit, Tale of Doe, and I remember myself and my sister singing it, but of course it was a woman's voice. So I think they probably destroyed that tape in the United Synagogue archives somewhere along the line, but it was supposed to be for teaching purposes as well. And of course, luckily, all our children have, have, uh, have got the same DNA and they all sing beautifully. Our, our daughter Shlomit is exactly like my sister Susan and sings wonderfully well. Um, I remember because my first teacher, as I mentioned before, was your, your father, Zichron Ivracha, who taught me um, in, in his expertise way, the Nusachat filler. He taught me Dikduk and he also taught me how to lane. So all the skills I have were embedded in me and probably most of the people that went to Finchley Synagogue from a very, very early age because we were very fortunate. Alex, we go back 70 years, I think. I uh, remember yeah. your late brother, Julian of Blessed Memory, in shul, every Shabbos, standing there, and you were listening as I did. I never had a cantorial lesson. I just subliminated it all from my father. It was all subconscious. And of course, his accent on Dick Duk and the Perush um, Milim, how to interpret the words, uh, I, I continued. I mean, I heard it all from him without even really realizing it. And that was the beauty of, uh, of Finchley in those times. I think Anglo Jury owe him so much because he also compiled and wrote the Salichas that everybody uses. And I'm, I think you have the first copy, which you always, which is signed by him, which you use on a regular basis. So, uh, yeah, mine wasn't mine wasn't signed, but I do still have my original copy. Alex, this copy, and you'll see if we come to that clip from Slichot, you will see I'm holding it up and using it, singing it uh, from it. That very first copy, I take it with me everywhere. And to, for a man who left Jerusalem when he was uh, 19, 20, without only with only Yiddish and a smattering of English and Hebrew in an old Hebrew and coming to this country in 1934 and beginning as a minister in Wolford Road in Stoke Newington, then coming to London. And the, at the 1956 already, uh, at the age of 42, being able to translate in from Hebrew into English, it just shows you uh, what I have to live up to. It's a, it's a real responsibility for me to continue in my father's ways. Um, I think uh, at this stage, I, I would like to play something, which again, something I haven't heard for many, many years. Um, your father, blessed memory, um, a clip from Rosh Hashanah, and I think we should listen to it. Then you can understand the diction and what the beauty of your father. Yes. He first recorded this in 1958 for the United Synagogue, Nusach for others. Uh, other other filo to listen to and to understand and then uh, later on it became a cassette and i i recorded onto cd and this is just from the shachrit from the show from the hamelech when the cantor comes in and begins the shachrit and this is so traditional it's jerusalem nusach but it's also what we all are accustomed to all the way through yes oh, oh, oh. Ah, 
קדוש, ובקרב קדושים תסחלום, שכן חובת כל היצורים לפונר חור אלוהינו, אלוהי אבותינו, להודות להלל, לשבח לפועל, לרומם להדר, לברך להלל ולקרס, על כל דברי שירות ופשבחות, דוד בן ישי, עבדך משיחכו. ברכות והודות, מיעקב ירולום, ברוך אתו ארונוי, אל מלך גדול בתשבחו. אין חלות, אדון הנפלות, הבוחר בשירי זמרו, מלך הלכי עולמים. That was lovely. So how did you spend your childhood? Did you go to B'nai Akiva, to different groups? Um, what, what were you active in in, in in your youth? Well, in my youth, it was, first of all, believe it or not, AJY, Muswell Hill Club, table tennis, tennis, cross-country for the school. I used to bunk off Cheda sometimes. What could I do? I, I, I was good at it. <laughs> uh, when my father found out, He didn't knock me on the, around the head. He just said, make sure you win the, 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 the races, which I, I managed to do. But afterwards, it was B'nai Akiva as a teenager, first time to Israel in 1960 without B'nai Akiva. And then continuing as a madrich, of course, marrying, meeting and marrying Natalie, my wife from Sunderland through B'nai Akiva. And that gave us the impetus to decide on Aliyah later on. But at that time, I had no thoughts of being a professional chazan. I used to take the overload, oh, oh, the extra service at uh, Finchley in the Temple Fortune. You remember the Odeon? The Odeon Temple, yep. Uh, I used to take those services when my father was in the main shul. Uh, and, but afterwards, as an accountant, I worked, moved to Israel. And uh, it was only much later uh, that I decided to give up accounting and uh, Uh, commercial accounting and move into back into Chazanot and eventually to the rabbinate. So um, <clears throat> I believe as a, a Madrid for B'nai Kiva, this is where you first met um, Chief Rabbi Lord Sachs, Zikron Livracha. Yes, I, I mean, I don't talk about that a lot, but the truth is I was the Madrid in Finchley Central and uh, he was one of the Chanechim, he together with others, sat in my, what we call, bet group, Jonathan Sachs. Well, Jonathan Sachs went to my old school, St. Mary's of Finchley. We both had a very good Church of England education. And after that, my father taught him his bar mitzvah. So, and he, we, we knew the family well, although they, they prayed in, they davened in Finchley Central, Redbourne, uh, what was Finchley Central Synagogue, but we were connected. And I have to say that Jonathan Sachs in my bet group was a very different one from the man who he became. Uh, he was quiet, he was reserved. He didn't stand out as someone who was going to be a leader of the Jewish world at that time. And then we went our different ways. And it was only when I returned in 1988 to England, to the UK, to take up a position that I met him again all those years. And we, we met and we worked together from that, 
Yeah. Well, I yeah, I also remember um, Jonathan Sachs, Lord Sachs from Finchley, because we went to the same cheder, we had the same teachers, and and Brian, who I still um, speak to on a regular basis. So we've we've kept in contact, you know, all all that time. And maybe I could to show you what the character of the person was. I mean, I want to tell that little story that I told you, if you don't mind. Um, <clears throat> When my, my brother of Shalom um, passed away, um, Chief Rabbi Sachs phoned me personally and he said, he said to me, Alex, I'm terribly sorry about, you know, uh, my brother passing and I want to um, wish you Arif Shalom, et cetera, et cetera. And then he said to me, you can call me Jonathan, he said, but when we're in privately, and, um, you know, in public, obviously, I called chief rabbi. But now and again, when we sort of met up and we were together in a private room, he would, you know, wink at me and say, you can call me Jonathan now, Alex. <laughs> so it's it just showed the type of person and the, the modesty of, of um, chief rabbi Lord Sachs's character and what he brought to the world of not just Anglo jury, but world jury. In, in in the essence of his the shoma and and how he believed um in everything and equality i mean he was a strong supporter of correct nusachatafila and music in the in the synagogue so people don't realize that part of him can you tell us a bit about that yes, of course because he he learned with reverend brill of, of blessed memory in jews college he learned nusach he marked out his machsa with every sort of uh, help for him, and he was brilliant at Shachrit. I mean, the, 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 you heard the Nusach of my father, that was his Nusach too. And, uh, and he, for instance, let me give you Ne'ila, for instance. This is the great thing. He had the Routledge Machsa. He had already translated the new Sachs Machsa, but for when he came up to do Ne'ila, it was, was the Marble Art Synagogue. I was the Chazan, he was the rabbi every year, but when it came to Ila, the chief rabbi, the minhag was for him to, to, to daven. That's, he was the chief rabbi. He comes up, he puts his zemachsa on the stand, and I see there, happy birthday. And I'm thinking, what has he got happy birthday written? And then he goes, Yizkadal, the Yizkadash. That's Neila, Nusa. Happy birthday. That's how he remembered it. So just to show you how keen he was for the Nusach. And of course, when I arrived at in 1980, I had to return from Israel. My father had died. Suddenly, my mother was very unhappy there. It was Naftali Hirschdick, who I used to work with, who said, Lionel, there's a job going in Marble Arch. Take it for a couple of years, settle your mother and come back. Well, I settled my mother, thank God, in Edgware, but I never came back. That was the thing, because it was Rabbi Sachs who greeted me when I came to Marble Arch for my audition, as they said, and of course, I, and luckily I was accepted, and he said, Lionel, we've got to work together. And the, almost the very first thing he said to me was, we've got to try and improve the standard of the davening, and you're here now, maybe you can help. That, that's wonderful. How did you meet Stephen Glass, and how did you start to collaborate on this musical journey that has affected so many people in a positive way? It was September 88 when I returned from uh, to London. In October 88, after the Chagim, 
her husband Naftali Hershtik came to do a big wedding in Marble Arch. And who was his accompanist? Stephen Glass. Uh, Naftali comes to me and says, Lionel, I want you to meet this wonderful young man, Stephen. Maybe you can do great things together. It was such a prophetic introduction. We sat down at the piano after that. I used to go around to his home in Wembley. This is the, a couple of years before he went off to Canada. And we started working together. And the first thing that we started doing was uh, Kabbalat Shabbat. Why? Because uh, Rabbi Sachs, Jonathan Sachs used to say, you know, it's so the same. I hear it everywhere. Does everybody not start the same way? Don't you immediately want to reach for a newspaper to read because you hear it again and again and nobody is making anything of these words. So I said, you know what? I'm going to start with Kabbalat Shabbat. And uh, Stephen and I sat down and for uh, three or four or five months, we worked at this music. And by then, there was already the uh, B'nai B'rith singers, which Stephen was running. We turned it into the Shabbaton choir. And that's how it all started. And I know you've got Rabbi Sachs um, talking about uh, Kabbalat Shabbat somewhere. So uh, I think there's a good introduction to, um, to listen to the Kabbalat Shabbat um, segment that we are going to play for you. And how we try to make those first words sound as what they meant. That's the important thing, without compromising the Nusach. Exactly. You'll see that on the second and third when we come back to the Nusach every time. Even though I want to bring out the trumpets and the sound of the shofar in the third section, you'll see it's still Friday night Nusach. And now to Friday night and Kabbalat Shabbat, the service in which we welcome the day of rest as if it were the wedding between creation and its creator and in the still silence of the turning world. We hear the music of the universe as all that exists gives thanks to its maker. Lachu Naranan Hashem. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. If you want to understand what's important to a people, the element in which they live, listen to their language. The Inuit have many words for snow. The Bedouin have many words for sand. Hebrew, the language of the Jewish soul, has many words for praising God. Lahodos, lahalel, l'shabeach, l'foer, l'romem, l'hader, and so on through a whole lexicon of the spirit. That was the element in which Jews lived, the air they breathed, the landscape of their mental world. And though they suffered more perhaps and longer than any other people on earth, still the overwhelming mood of Jewish prayer is joy, celebration, praise. 
And that's what I've found in prayer, the strength to set aside my tears and fears and rejoice. Have you ever climbed a mountain and after all the effort and exertion reached the top? Do you remember what it felt like to see the glory of the view and feel the sheer beauty of the world? And yes, down there in the valley where we live our everyday lives, there are struggles and conflicts and heartaches. But how small they seem when seen from this height. Prayer, especially those prayers taken from the book of Psalms, is like climbing a mountain and breathing more spacious air. The world, said Rabbi Nachman of Bratslav, is full of the radiance of God's light. But to see it, we have to open our eyes. Yismachu ha-shamayim v'sogel ha-aretz. Let the heavens rejoice and the earth be glad. Yismachu ha-shamayim Thank you, thank you, Alex, and, and make no mistake, uh, the genius there is Stephen Glass, not me. I had the ideas, I had the melody, but he put it together in such a way, and the harmonies, of course, are all his. What a genius. And uh, that's the but, way we went through Friday night and then Shabbat morning as well. No time to play it all. But Stephen had the opportunity or um, to changed the United Synagogue and the United Synagogue mindset. He went to them and said to them, 
I can help you take the, the United Synagogue to the 21st century. Beautiful new arrangements without losing the Nusach. They have beautiful, uplifting services. What happened? Well, what, it's an offer that you couldn't refuse. Why? They refused him, and so he went to Montreal, Canada. Uh, and let me read out something he wrote at the time. He said, when I was growing up in the UK, the festival and Shabbat services were led by professionally trained individuals. When there was a shared musical heritage among Jewish communities among, across Britain, a core of congregational melodies, as well as classics of cantorial and choral repertoire, which everyone knew. And hundreds of children and adults received their first grounding in Jewish liturgy by being directly involved in services through singing in the synagogue choirs. This provided them with familiarity with the text, as well as understanding the different nusachim, the modes for the different services and times of the day and calendar. But, he says, it's no longer the norm for a congregation to engage a professional chazan. That knowledge that used to exist has been lost or in many places diluted. Nowadays, melodies have to be simple, or pe people apparently can't learn them with little acknowledgement of the fact that much of the text does not call for toe-tapping, childlike tunes. I couldn't agree with more. And he went to the heads of the US um, with Rabbi Sachs's blessing, but he got nowhere because the rabbi is king. You know, and I know, that the Shulchan Aruch, or the Kitzel certainly says, before you appoint a rabbi, in, in, appoint a chazan, a cantor. You have to lead the services. Of course, that has all gone by the ball. We know that. People like to think they know how to govern. I sometimes feel very sad that that, that tradition has not been carried on. And how many uh, young men know how to sing and sing in choirs today? In, in the UK, certainly. But it started with us. As we, I mean, if it wasn't broken, why change it? And it started with us, as we say, the children's services, the youth minyonim, davening, being able to daven. By the time I was 10, 11, I could take a service in shul. Right. And it wasn't a matter of, it didn't stop me playing table tennis, playing soccer, um, having fun, going to, to clubs and dances and things. It was just part and parcel. So... What I can't understand, it was so enjoyable. And again, um, Matty Lazar in the, um, with his, um, his groups um, show this because he had a youth chorale and, and um, an adult and from all over America and Canada and Israel, children, youth get together and sing. What and is more beautiful? Synagogues. We had synagogues with, in the UK with beautiful choirs Remember Wembley, where Stephen Glass, of course, was involved, and uh, cousin Stephen Robbins. Uh, beautiful music there, and in other uh, in other communities too, choirs, and and people were prepared to listen. Now the problem is that sometimes a cantor can go on too long, and sometimes a choir can go on too long. And the and Rabbi Sachs said one word to me, Lionel. It's all about momentum. That's what it's about. So if Jonathan Sachs gave a, a sermon, which he did every week, people didn't want to hear my Musaf droning on. They were still digesting what he had said, what brilliant words he'd said. So I would power through the Musaf. That doesn't mean to say that I gave up on all the words or we didn't sing something here or there. But sometimes also the cantors were also responsible sometimes to be blamed for going on too long when they needn't have done that. 
do you think um, the demise of Jews College and um, a, a school for for cantors or the professional cantors um, enabled the the people to come out of their closet, so to speak, and with their two and a half LPs, try and copy the greats, which they weren't, and then bore the pants off the congregations. I don't know what it was, but I ask you, all those years that I was in in in, in the UK in a ministerial position, why network was there never ever a, 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 a an effort to teach Nusach to rabbis, if not to Chazanim? Why weren't the rabbis? They were taught everything else. Right, but they weren't taught the prayers. They just didn't. And sometimes when you hear a rabbi's, I uh, occasionally I don't want to say anything. Sometimes you hear at a stone setting they ha they have trouble with the Hebrew, let alone with the with the, with the nusach. So you know, I rest my case. There was an opportunity. Stephen Glass tried. I tried. It didn't happen. And that and that is why we are in the position we are in today. So. You at least you tried another route, the educational route through the Shabbaton Choir. So, what was behind the um, f forming of the Shabbaton Choir, and how did you get the fabulous guy Stephen Levy and uh, wrote some fabulous songs, and and uh, uh, Steve Robbins, and then you had uh, Shimmy and uh, Bonnie Johnny, and and together young, vibrant, and older people together. On a, I would say, an educational tour of of Tefillah to uplift different congregations around the around the country, around the world. So, how did that come about? It came about because we wrote the Shabbaton music first, and we needed the choir to sing it. And then, what did we do? We called around, and we and synagogues invited us to to, to to sing the music. So we got the guys together originally for that, and indeed. This coming March, COVID permitting, we are all going to be in Steam Court in Manchester. We've been invited to do a Shabbaton there, the choral Shabbaton, and preparing the notes so that especially the ladies who are not always coming to synagogue on Friday night should see what we are planning to do. Like, it's not concert notes so much as explaining the music. So that was the first step. And then we realized, and certainly Rabbi Sachs realized, here was a tool, not only for mu through music, to be, uh, to be ambassadors of the UK in Israel. And that's how the, uh, the solidarity missions began, going to orphanages and hospitals and wounded soldiers and concerts as well. But generally speaking, bringing the United Kingdom's uh, music and, uh, and our ability to be, to help others. That's what the Shabbaton has become. It's become really a tremendous way of, of inf uh, through its music, of helping others. And we're very proud of what we achieved of all those years. I know we have our special moments, the Slichot, for instance, and we have uh, other times in the year when we, we perform, as it were. But the greatest times were when Rabbi Sachs led us to, to Israel and we, we toured the country and went to all sorts of places and sang sometimes for very few people and for very old people and for very young people. But it was, as, it was more for us than for them, you understand. We came back and we were a mascot for the United Synagogue. And what a shame that that all ended. Uh, with Rabbi Sachs's leaving the position of chief rabbi, we, we never received the same support from the United Synagogue after that. Um, the first sleeper, so if I remember, was, was um, 
Jonathan and yours idea to take it out to the provinces away from London. And the first one you, you did was in Sting, uh, Holy Law Synagogue in Manchester with, with Chief Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, yourself and the, and the choir. And it was sold out. I mean, you couldn't get, you couldn't stand, you couldn't find a place. It was, I have not seen the shul that full anywhere. And then you, again, you brought it back um, with uh, Joel Portnoy shul and, and Cheadle and, and then you traveled to Leeds. So what you, it, your inspiration or what you wanted to do actually came to fruition. And many times Chief Rabbi joined you. So it was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And if it hadn't been for Stephen Levy, who took over after uh, Stephen Glass without really expecting to take over, nothing, none of this would have happened because Stephen also, he transformed the choir into the social animal that it was. And he brought, as you mentioned earlier, his own wonderful compositions to, to, to the choir. And we, we sing them everywhere. And some of his compositions, I'm not singing tonight, they're not cantorial, but they're outstanding and, they've, and they're on all our CDs. And I would really recommend everyone to listen to some of the marvelous lyrical music of Stephen, uh, Stephen Levy, which alongside Stephen Glass's own music. Uh, and that's what kept us going. And the Slichot service, well, we wrote for that too. Some of the, I, I want to change the heavy cantorial to a more lyrical sound. Well, I want to play something that you you composed with with Stephen for for Slichot. So I think we'll go on to that, and then you can explain to everybody how you composed it and brought it in as part of the Slichot service. This I comes think from Hampstead, 2019, the last Slichot service, midnight Slichot, that Rabbi Sachs uh, was involved in, because 2020 didn't happen, and then he's so tragically passed away. So. This was it, and by chance, it was all filmed as a memento and a memorial. And what a marvelous evening that was. I'm so, I have such a zechus to be part of that. And of course, with me, Johnny Turgle, as always, for so many years, it took over uh, after Shim Kramer went to the States. And what a wonderful, wonderful colleague and partner I have in all the music that I do, in all the concerts that I do, Johnny is there with me.
Thank you for playing that, Alex. That's from the Piot, the main hymn of the evening, and it ends, don't hide your ear, O God, from us. And that's what we tried to convey, yet with a, a movement that people can sing it, da -da 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 -da. not the heavy, heavy cantorial stuff that people at 1 a.m. in the morning don't really want to hear, in my humble opinion. So you were a cousin, by, you know, because of you inherited your father, but why did you want to become a Rav, a rabbi? Did you need to become a rabbi to get a position in the United Synagogue in the UK? So that was an in, even though you were a cousin. Um, what was the reasoning behind it? Well, it was all what we call Pumpferkelt. When my father first came, he wasn't allowed to be called a rabbi. He was a reverend. And many of the ministers that we know when we were young were reverends. They weren't rabbis as such. And only later did they get smicha. I'm thinking of many of those who retired as rabbis but began as reverends. Uh, but when I came to Bournemouth in 2001, I came back. There were reasons for me coming back. The Intifada had struck very hard in Israel. Our two sons weren't earning very much at the time and I needed to help support some families. And by chance, I was invited back to be Minister of Bournemouth. I took over after Rabbi Jeffrey Schisler, and I was Reverend Rosenfeld during that time. But I immediately thought, I can't be Reverend. You're not looked on with the same sort of dignity. Although I know many Reverends who are still Reverends and they're Reverend Brody of blessed memory, never called himself rabbi in Manchester, Steen Court, the, one of the greatest of our ministers. So it didn't matter, but still, I wanted- Leslie Hardman. Yes, of course, Reverend Hardman, we can go on. So the rabbi was important. I started studying with Jerusalem, uh, correspondence, if you like, every so often going for, for exams. And just after I'd uh, been uh, asked to come to Marble Arch, as it Western Marble Arch at the time, and return to it as its minister, I got my smicha, and so I think that made it, it does make a difference to people. It shouldn't, but it does, definitely does. I worked very hard for that smicha, I can tell you the Jerusalem uh, rabbinate smicha, but it was worth it. It does give you some sort of status, but don't think that it changed me, it really didn't. <laughs> So, um, has any of your um, children gone into the family business? 
Well, we are going to play soon something from something from COVID. I don't know when we had to prepare something for COVID for COVID year. Nobody was coming to synagogue, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. And I thought, what are we going to do? Is that next, by the way? Is it next? I think we've got um, Ashray from the Ashray, okay. in installation of... So I'll tell you about my, my children and whether they followed me in after the Ashray, because the Ashray was another defining moment. It was something that uh, began with Raymond Goldstein. I shouldn't leave his name off the composition. It was something we wanted to do for our friend, a rabbi, Jonathan, Dr. Sachs, who became chief rabbi. I was asked uh, to be one of the uh, uh, of those taking the service, and we decided we had to give him a tremendous trumpet fanfare uh, as he acceded to the position of chief rabbi. And so I sat down with Stephen Glass one evening, uh, and taking Raymond Goldstein's basis, we worked on it furiously. Adam Cohen joined us. There's a lot of names in the composition line, but the fact is, we and every year, when we begin the Ela, we began the Ela with Rabbi Sachs. In Shul, we began with this, because this is how he became chief rabbi, Ashray. Ashray.
was absolutely magnificent. But Slichot, Midnight Slichot, is not something new within the United Synagogue because in the old days at Great Portland Street, when I used to go and hear Simon Haas, who, who I believe started it, or maybe the, one of the innovators with the choir, you had to turn up at least an hour before the service started to be able to get a seat because it, it was jam-packed. But it had all... I once wrote in the United Synagogue uh, Erev Slichot uh, Shabbos sheet that in 1949, I must have been seven years old, my father took me to New Synagogue Egerton Road uh, for Rabbi, was it Hazen Katz? I can't remember the name. And all the women were, were, were in fur, fur and hats and all the men in, in dinner suits. It was a, a midnight slichot packed occasion, yes. It was a great evening, and, and Simon Haas, Admer Srim was one of the great, great chazonim of his... I think it was Yaakov Goldstein, possibly at Egerton yeah. Road, with Harris, with Harris, Jack, <laughs> Jack's father, conducting the choir, and I presume, you know, it, it, was, it was remarkable because a lot of people... Um, were in choirs like that, like our friends, the Shevskis. I mean, they, they they started in the in the choir in in Egerton Road, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, many, so many. I got it from there. That slichot feeling, and I was so pleased. It had died down a bit before I came. Although there were, there were, of course, there were slichot before before the, the Shabbaton choir, and they still will, and they always will be. But we we started something new in trying to attract the younger people with new music. And the beauty of your new music is it still does not detract from the thread of the Nusach, which is always there in the background. You know, you can write new music with have, which has no basic towards the tefillah whatsoever. I and mean, you wouldn't know if it, if it was Rosh Hashanah or Shlosh Regalim or Shabbat or any other time. But when the Nusach is attached to the service, this is the glue that puts everything together. So whether you're in Timbuktu or in London or New York and you go into a shul, you, that enables you to tell what the service is. So I think that's extremely important. But we don't see it today. We're not taught it. We're not taught it, but there I can see around tonight people who have influenced me, such as Michael Plasco, Michael Admeavesrim, going strong. Now a Rav, I understand, with Smicha at Woodside Park. He was everything at Woodside Park, and and people loved his davening. And and we we've lost we've lost that we've lost that, and it's it's such a shame. It really is a shame. And we have to listen to the same sort of, uh, look, I'm not knock, knocking Kalabach, it sort of saved a lot of people, but to hear it all the time, to hear it throughout Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, every Friday night, Shabbos, you know, there was a life before Shlomo Kalabach. Yes, we, we, we did grow up before the um, SRA and, and, you know, and, and, and the Shomalach in 1959, 1960, when they came out. I mean, there was also Martin Davidson, if you want modern music, Avneha Kotel, um, the Benair Kiva boys, who we know very well. They also performed at, the, I think, the Odeon Temple Fortune, where I think was their, their first concert. And uh, Martin went off to America and became a cousin and then a writer for the Jewish press and for uh, in Israel. So, I mean, his innovations, 
again, as a chazan, and where did he learn it? Youth minyanim, children's services. My, 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 uh, choir. I mean, we, we ran it then, and I remember there were some people who became good chazanim from that choir. And uh, people like Charlie Heller, Charles Heller, who went to Canada, these were real musicians who, 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 who understood the importance of Nusach and of, of cantorial music. Yeah, we also had, going back to your innovation, uh, the Taylor boys, um, Chazan Taylor's son, Stuart and, and, and um, Norman, I think, or Alan, um, they, they also formed a group and modernised um, Jewish music. So it wasn't just the, the rabbi sons in, you know, in, in America or the uh, Mordechai Ben David or whatever you, you call it today. Um, there was life before that. So, you know, music didn't stand still. It moved on. And I think what goes around in a cycle, you know, comes back. And, and some of our old music for the next generation is new music to them. So maybe we could introduce some of the old stuff, which becomes new stuff. Um, do you think that's possible today? It is. But don't forget, there are a lot of love, great young cantors, Chazanim now singing. And they have beautiful voices and they sing beautifully. And we must move forward. And we're looking to them to continue the, the, the joining up of the words and the prayers and to make everybody want to stay or come to synagogue. That's what we want. We don't want to have a service which said, so, well, we start at 9.15 uh, and we have to finish by 11. And the rabbi has to speak for 25 minutes. And uh, the, the Torah reading is, uh, is interrupted by 35 call-ups. But otherwise, you've got a free hand, Chazan. Do what you like. But, you know, you say such wonderful things. But where are the jobs for the people who study for two, three, four, five years um, in the Orthodox world? Uh, they become Chazanim. They learn how to community work, they learn how to lane, they learn the music, they learn the nusach, they learn all the skills of seven day a week chazan, a community chazan. So how will they fulfill those dreams once they qualify within the Orthodox world if the doors do not open for them? Well, don't forget that a lot depends on budgets and many synagogues now cannot afford uh, to have more than one minister, a rabbi, and the chazan has become, as I said, only a second guest. So you can't expect, uh, only in the large synagogues around the world, you will still find the chazanim. You'll go to the New York, you'll go to, uh, to Montreal and Toronto, Australia, Sydney. Uh, you will see the great chazanim. But let's hope there are enough chazanim who understand, who can fill those positions when the great ones who are there now move on. So what is the future for you, Lionel? You know, I didn't think you'd let you sort of retire and leave the UK because you're too young to retire. So, <laughs> You know exactly how old I am. It was time to go. And the truth is that I, I really gave in my resignation after the week after Rabbi Sachs' shiva. I realized that when I'll never see him again, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. We won't be able to work together. It was time for a younger man to come in and try and revive a congregation uh, in the depths of COVID. And it's such a difficult thing to do. Every rabbi has the same problem. I don't envy Rabbi Epstein in what he is going to try and do. And it's the same. 
there is a big problem now. People don't want to go to synagogue anymore. Uh, let us hope that this wave, this epidemic, uh, the pandemic becomes just an epidemic and then something we're used to and we'll get back to synagogue. I don't know uh, the way forward at the moment. Uh, and it's up to our rabbis to try and innovate and make the services interesting. And maybe we can have visiting chazanim coming and say once a month, coming to a synagogue and showing what the Nusach HaTfilah is all about when they're used to uh, someone else who isn't a trained Chazan uh, coming. We should have more visits from cantors to synagogues, and that will, I think, help to regenerate services. So with you being in, in Israel, what's the future of the um, Shabbaton choir without you at the, I mean, Stephen no longer conducts it. You haven't, there's a new conductor, I believe. Um, the position that the Shabbaton has within the United Synagogue, is that still applicable? And is it still carry on in the same fashion? It's applicable. We've been hibernating. We're quiescent at the moment because of COVID. No other reason. Look, I, I just explained in Manchester, we're going out soon. Uh, all those wonderful tours that we did with Rabbi Sachs in the United States and Los Angeles, for instance, in uh, New York, Scarsdale, I think they're going to come back. It just will take time. We are regrouping. If you speak to Russell Kett, direct, uh, who is at the, the, at the moment the chairman of the choir, you will hear he has great ideas for the future with, uh, with our new conductor and with Stephen always playing a part uh, in it. I'm still prepared to sing, but as long as Johnny is with me and we invite other guests, Chazanim, on, we will continue. And I hope that this year we will begin to move out to other congregations and to even to other continents. Certainly by the end of 2022, I hope that will be happening. Well, it's a very good cue for the, um, the piece that we were talking about, the high holidays for COVID, um, which I think is very, very important. And... Um, we can talk about it afterwards, but let's play it and then you can explain. Right. This would, let me just say this was especially recorded for because people weren't going to come to synagogue in 2020. Uh, and it was my idea, I have to say, but I got my Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur choir. They're not the same as the Shabbaton. And Rabbi Sachs very kindly introduced the whole thing. And here you will see him introducing Unatane Tokev, which is a composition that I first heard the duets, <coughs> certainly when I was a boy. My father and I used to sing it. And we adapted with Stephen Glass and I adapted the whole uh, music and changed it completely. But there is a duet in which our sons, Danny and Gidon, sing twice in it, which were the very duets that I used to sing with my father. That remains in it. And Rabbi Sachs, he was already unwell. We didn't know that. This is possibly, I think it is the last filmed talk that he gave um, back in August 2020 before his passing. Basically, I recorded the whole of the Rosh Hashanah Nusach, and this is part of it. <laughs> Unatane Tokesh is not just one of the central prayers, piyutim, pieces of poetry on the Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur davening. It is also, in a sense, a key to the days themselves. God 
God is in the seat of judgment. The angels are terrified at what is going to take place. You can hear in the background a kind of ticking clock reminding us how precious time is and how important it is to pray to be written in the book of life. Yes, 
are so apt and the and the tune um you cannot you cannot retire you, we, we all need your help and the european cancers association would love your help innovator 
I'm happy you to say uh, that was the Western Marble Arch Foundation, the synagogue put the uh, the put it together. It cost a lot. Each chorister was individually recorded. It was COVID at the time. Each one had to do their own thing. The cinematography. It was thanks to David Coleman and Adam Cohen that we got this sound put together in the way that it was. It went out across the world and it was there for people. We asked them, don't play it on the high holy days. I don't know what happened, but certainly it was just uh, with all the Nusach, we needed people who were going to be staying at home to, to know how much the music matters and the words matter. And I'll never ever be able to thank Rabbi Sachs for for bring, bring at the beginning, if you see the whole thing, you will see how he, he introduces it all and how he introduced that particular part. And some of those that you saw, our sons, Danny and Gigon, they were in Israel, Robert Gross in Israel, Stuart Eisen in Australia, everybody did their bit, it was all put together. And I think it was worth it. Absolutely. Um, um, please God, may continue, may you continue to inspire wherever you are in the world and whatever you, you do, for, from Ladovador, from generation to generation, with your children and your grandchildren, please God, and maybe uh, we can have this achdus, which is so, so needed within in our communities. I mean, Zoom has brought us closer, has, has given the opportunity of communities that wouldn't necessarily click onto another community, right across the Jewish divide, and we can then see what other people are doing and um, catch on. I mean, I have witnessed various different services around the world, which I would never have witnessed if it wasn't for, for Zoom and the, and, and the COVID. So um, we, I think we can all learn and, we, and there are good composers today in, in, um, in modern liturgy. Um, I'm still learning. I'm still learning from others. I'm still learning. I will never forget the part, of course, my father part, but Naftali Hirschtik played in my life in, in bringing me to remember how important the Perush Milim are. He, he is, may he be well, so outstanding. And I want to thank you for allowing me to, 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 to speak tonight and to show some of the music. And I would love to continue uh, as long as I can go on singing. I would love to help. But you're doing a fine job, Alex. Continue to do it with the cantors and the European Cantor Association. Just go out there, sing, and bring people close to Judaism, to Yiddishkeit. That's all what we want to do. But I'll never stop learning from others either. And I will never stop being your friend and remembering this emotional roller coaster ride that brought back such wonderful memories from my childhood and from your childhood and if it wasn't for you i wouldn't have had the, the the blessing to be able to show the world or show people what it was like growing up and i thank you and i i owe so much to your your father i keep, i tell everybody wherever i go and i mean it from my heart not just your, your father your mother and and your grandmother because she was again so I remember so well always the first person in shul and I also remember I mean you tell me not to say this but I'm going to say it anyway your father had so much derech for his for his mother-in-law I mean she was in shul before anybody and he would always come up to her in shul before he would put on his canonicals and and his talus and he would wish her a good shabbos and and um, respect and that is what absolutely wonderful i never forget it it's always something that's in here 
and in here. And I have to thank your father for showing me Chesed, Gemilas Chesed, Avas Yisrael, and how to govern correctly. Thank you, Alex. And of course, he went on to New Zealand to be chief minister in Wellington. And I know there are some from New Zealand watching tonight because he did so such a wonderful job there after leaving Finchley for 10 years. And that was the, the summit of his career. And wherever he went, all he wanted to do was Le Carre, to bring people in and to let them understand how beautiful our, our Judaism is and how much it has to offer, not just in the service, but in everything that we do. And I've tried to be a good Talmud of his. Amen. Thank you for everything. And um, we would like to open up maybe to questions that if um, Geraldine usually takes over this section and if anybody would like to ask um, Rabbi Lionel a question or um, something interesting or maybe um, uh, yeah uh, David's son son yeah hi Lionel David hi good to see you thank so you for I, me to become minister at Bournemouth Hebrew congregation I won't forget that phone call yeah and I, I just wanted to say that um, I was fairly instrumental in bringing you there and the reason I was instrumental in bringing you there was because what a beautiful singer, what a chazan. And I wanted the services to be enriched, which they were. People used to travel down from London and all over the country and abroad, actually, to hear you, which was wonderful. But I also wanted to say, because I think modesty forbids you from saying it, that as well as a wonderful chazan, you were a fantastic minister and you spoke beautifully from the pulpit as well. And also the times where you had to conduct a levire, et cetera, you were able to speak in a way where um, it was as if you'd known the person for many, many years. And it's a, it's, a, it's a true talent. And we were very blessed to have you down there. So long may you continue in all your efforts. Those three and a half years were so enjoyable for me and Natalie. You, 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 you will, you'll never know how much enjoyable. And of course, I went back to my old synagogue to Marble Arch, Western Marble Arch, where I've had the most wonderful time and been treated so royally. But I will never forget those years in Bournemouth. Thank Good. Good. Thank you, David, for that. And it's over to Geraldine to um, continue uh, this. <clears throat> Alex and Lionel, what a wonderful, inspiring session you've given us today. It's been so beautiful to, to listen to your words, what you've had to say, and to the music. And, and, you know, really, it's very fortunate that you've made those um, recordings with Jonathan Sachs. And I hope that we can perhaps have them on the ECA website for more people to listen to, but very happy to take questions. Uh, Russell will also help with that. Uh, if you could indicate by raising a, a virtual hand, it helps because then you jump up to the top box. You know, I think it's time that we have to just remind people that the, the requirement of a synagogue is to have a chazan. It's not to have a rabbi. You know, I think we've got to topple the rabbis off their little pedestals because they are not contributing to the service in the way a cantor would. We have a slogan. It's called From Our Lips. So uh, we hope you will join us in this mission 
to to change the 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 um, change let's to effect a change of heart in those who run services to actually understand what's needed anyway that's my <laughs> it's not for me you want to hear more from from Lionel, uh, Lionel, do you agree from our lips? It's the chazan's job. I said it early on tonight. The chazan is the is the one the congregation should appoint first. Yes, without a doubt. Uh, I have great respect for the many rabbis I've worked with. I was lucky because when I when I when I finished my sermon, I turned to myself and said, "Now hurry up." Good, Benny. Rav loyal. I, you don't know who I am. And it's not important, but studying with the great Chazanim and being a nephew of Israel Alter Ooh. and living with Leib Glantz for 10 years between 1955, 54 and 64, two blocks away from where he lived, he was at my Bar Mitzvah. I am blown away with your presentation. It is absolutely incredible. I belong everywhere and nowhere because I was a Bnei Akiva boy and I ended up in one of the great, great liberal synagogues in Toronto. I'm calling from Toronto. I and Stephen Glass is very, very close friend of mine because he moved to Toronto and yeah. by a fluke, he bought an apartment across my office. He also wrote my last uh, Slichot service and I don't know why he's not on now because I told him your name was mentioned at least a hundred times. I cannot tell you how impressed I was with your singing and with the choir and with the arrangement and there really is nobody like Stephen Glass. I know him for a couple of couple of decades now and since he came to Toronto and we became very close on paper he says we shouldn't be friends because we are so different from each other. Benny everything to three people as I said my father Naftali Hirschstick and Stephen Glass. Without Stephen, I wouldn't have done any of this music, really. And I owe him everything for that. And I like to think that he learned, uh, worked off me as well, just as Rabbi Sachs did. We worked off each other. It wasn't just a one-way street. And he always told me that, that we learned from each other. Of course, I learned a lot more from him than he did from me, but still, it was. Well, I, learned, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from you today because ask Alex Klein, my wide horizons of choral rendition and conducting. Um, it, I, I was blown away by your performance and by your speaking and by your voice and by your dialect and by your sincerity and deep kavanah with modern contemporary music. I mean, it's easy to do krechts and chnyok and dre on East European chazones, but to do it in a modern way, anyway, I, I'm really humbled to be in, in your presence. Thank you so much for those words. And, I, and again, Alex and Russell have made this possible for me tonight, and I'm very grateful to them. Simon. Hi, hi good evening. Hi, Lionel. How are you doing? Um, <laughs> as you know, I was one of the founders of the Shabbaton Choir, the B'nai B'rith Singers. And Lionel, one of the things that I wanted, I was very pleased that you stressed, was that even though we were originally singing new compositions, very quickly, when we were seeing the fantastic Salika services, the congregation knew the music. And whilst the compositions and the music, they all fitted the words, and we loved doing it, there was no greater joy than when the whole shul was singing with us. And filling a shul like we did at West Hampstead, 
and some of the other great cathedral synagogues that we've sung in, to have the whole shul singing with us lifted the roof off. Would you agree, Lionel? 100% agree. And notice where we stood in Hampstead. We were in the middle, correct? I was in the middle with Johnny, the choir around me. We were part of the congregation. That was another thing I always wanted to stress. We weren't stuck up in a gallery or in the front. We were together with the Kehillah. And I think that also we were trying to make a point when we did the, these services. And I also see you running down the aisles, Lionel, um, mixing with the Kehillah, encouraging them, you know, to sing and singing with them. And this is part and parcel. So you're not aloof. You become part of that Kehillah, which you are. And as a shliach for the tzibur, you're in, you're doing the right thing. So kolakavod. The one abiding memory that I wrote about in the in that beautiful memorial book about Rabbi Saxatzal is on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, where we abandoned the traditional Adon Olam, and we went to Chitman. And Rabbi Sachs and I stood at the front. Francis is on. She'll know all about this. We stood at the front of the shul. Adon Olam. The choir began. And we started running around, I would say walking around, everyone clapping. That's how we came out of second day Rosh Hashanah. And that, as you say, maybe not running down the aisles, but bringing everyone in. And it wasn't a concert. It wasn't a show. It, we always tried to make it a tefillah for everyone to join in. But that's what Devekas is all about. It's, it's, it's not a show when you can tell the difference between from from the heart and 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 when somebody's is just acting and and we know that um jonathan sachs zikron Livracha, wasn't acting everything he did was from the heart everything that you do is from the heart and um that is the important thing and you can't kid a, a, a kahila i i don't think you can <laughs> you're right uh morris minsky <clears throat> wants to say something Yes, I'd just like to say, Lionel, Rabbi Cantor Lionel Rosenfeld, that in response to your late father, who put me on the track to Davin as a Shalir Sibor, and how much I enjoyed his, I think, 33 or 78 vinyl records, and how much we, Michelle and I, enjoyed your time with the Shabbaton Choir at Belmont United Synagogue, and on the few occasions we were in Bournemouth when we listened and enjoyed your davening. Um, you mentioned about budgets. Yes, there is a problem with lots of shuls that we can't have a Rabbi Hassan duet. And I said in my chat, it would be a good idea, taking the lead from the old Jew Jews college, that the London School of Jewish uh, LSJS should institute some form of Hassanut program for rabbis, who wish to take up positions within the United Synagogue to be professionally trained and to act as a chazan as well. And as you say, the nusach and pronunciation and the accents are very important. And that is something I do watch with much uh, care when I daven. But I would like to say thank you, Rabbi Cantor Rosenfeld, how much I enjoyed your davening. And may you continue from strength to strength. Thank you. Thanks so much. You're quite right. You took the words out of my mouth. That's what we have to do. We have to. I don't understand why the United Synagogue never did it until now. 
You know, the reform and liberal synagogues, well, the ability, of course, to play music <coughs> everything in, in their way, in their interpretations, are, are doing better. And we have to really, we really have to pull our socks up in our orthodox, modern orthodox tradition. Why can't we do it? We can sing a cappella beautifully if we try. Um, that's really very good. But there is a corollary to that. It's no good just Jews College putting up a course for rabbis. What is going to make the rabbis do the course? There needs to be a requirement by the United Synagogue that the rabbi needs to be educated in Nusach. And there needs to be a requirement by the United Synagogue <laughs> that the person who stands on the bimmer to Daven knows what he's doing. Right. And until they come up with a requirement, any number of courses is not going to help. <laughs> just, ju just join the ECA and see what, and you know, we are trying our, really trying our best to educate and we are, in, no, we're not exclusive because everybody is welcome. You know, it doesn't matter what branch of Judaism one comes from. We're all God's children. We all pray to the same God. We just have to do it in different ways. Who says which way is right and which way is wrong? But if you are sincere in your tefillah, your prayers are accepted. And that's what we are told. That's what the Torah tells us. Division. There's enough anti-Semites out there to, to hate us without internal problems. So well, we could, we could. But you know what? I did try my own way. Shimon Kramer, who's another wonderful singer, wonderful, wonderful singer with beautiful recording. I was one of those who said, Shimon, go to the States. You get a position there. There's no future for Chazanim here. Very few places are open to you. Go to, and he went, he went to Riverdale. He's been there for many years and they have him as their Chazan, their Baal And uh, people like that, you've got, you have to push them out of here because we don't have those positions out of here. I'm talking about out of the UK. It's just not, it's not on. So, you know, you have to encourage those who know how to sit, to daven to find those positions, and if they're not within the United Synagogue or anywhere else, they'll have to go abroad. Canada, the States, Australia. The 26th of January is our next ECA Zoom for Cantors, and we have the, it's just up now, Wednesday the 26th of January, 7pm UK time. We have with us, a very, and also a very, very dear friend, a wonderful innovator teacher, Hassan Alberto Mizrahi, who is going to chat with me. And um, I hope you can all join us and we'll have a, a wonderful evening. And then we have another couple of sessions before we close um, our series two and move on to um, series three, which is gonna be um, something completely different. But I want to personally thank Lionel and Natalie for letting us have Lionel tonight and, and the family and, and send everyone, all, the, all your cousins, um, my best wishes and remember me to, to them. Thank you so much for a wonderful evening, an inspiring evening and long way may we continue to talk to each other, be friends with each other and um, and I think I think we all want to say a big thank you to you, Alex, because without you, none of this would happen. So uh, it's you with your love of people, your love of Chazanut, your love of synagogue music, 
that makes us all come together and enjoy each other's company and hopefully we'll make an impression and we'll we'll get somewhere towards where we're trying to go so thank you to to lionel again to russell for running the shows for us so fantastically to alex for being there and making it happen and to all of you for coming so see you again in two weeks time thank, thank you, you. Uh, thank you, thank you. Thanks again.